Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station. KTAR News. 92.3 FM. KTAR News. 92.3 FM. Independent thoughts. Independent life. This is Chad Benson. You said as late, late as two weeks ago that if there turned out to be a quid pro quo for military aid, that would be a problem for you. That would be problematic, you. yes. But now today, Lindsey Graham said, hey, you know what? Uh... Trump's kind of a, well, he's too inept to do that. Are you guys prepared? This is history next week. This whole thing is history. Whether people want to understand that or not, I was trying to explain that to people. My son, he's nine. We had a conversation about that. This is history that's taking place next week. And we're going to see it in ways that we've never seen it before. And we're also going to be able to fight with people we've never met across the country on social media. And we've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, but this is extra because now it's getting. This is this is the real thing. This is the this is real deal. Let's go time now. You mean it's going to get worse? Oh, it's going to get worse. It is going to get worse. Gee, I can't stand it. Do you see Michael Bloomberg's jumping on it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because because he's got the money to do it. Well, and because he says none of these people have a chance to beat Trump. He knows it. Mm. None of these people. Economy stays good. Nobody here has a pay. And and after what Bernie Sanders rolled out today with, hey, oh, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to open up the borders. We're going to get rid of ICE. We're going to get rid of the Border Patrol. Uh, we're going to give everybody a chance to path the citizenship, and they can all apply for welfare. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, that's open borders. Like, you've—, you've Yeah. 50, probably not a good week to say that. 50,000 climate change uh, refugees can also start coming the first year. I mean, it's, it's yeah, not a good week to say it. Speaking of that, did you see the guy who arrested El Chapo's son? Did you see him, the police officer? No. 155 bullets to his body. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it is. They just rolled up right behind him. Wow. They will never find Mm. out, first of all, Mm -mm. the people that did what they did, if it was an accident. Because, you know, some people are saying, well, maybe it was. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, They'll never find them. Mm -mm. And the reason they'll never find them is because the people who did that are all dead. Because you don't. Do something like that and bring heat on the cartels and not expect something. You've messed up. There is no forgiveness in well, the cartel world. That's if it was a mistake. Yeah, if it was a mistake. Yeah, if it was planned, then they wanted they wanted to be to scare people, to let you know, not don't come down here, don't do this or whatever. But, but I think it was a mistake. Yeah, that's a mistake that's my belief. That's, I absolutely one hundred ten percent. There's no way that's not. I just because if they wanted to kill them, they know where they are. Mm-hmm. They could have done it any time. They could have just rolled up there and just killed them all and burned the entire village and left. And unless something happened that we don't know about yet, that that you know, what do you I'm, think? Do you think? I don't know. I'm just saying think they we were dealing don't. Drugs? Do you think well, that's the whole front up there? <laughs> no, but there was. You know, it's not the first time they've had a run in with them. That's no, the thing. No. no so there's. But they kind of stayed. You know, I was reading. They really kind of gave each other wide berths. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody knows what's going on, including them. And at the same time, a little bit of a wide berth in the sense that, you know, they don't, you know, they probably don't want to kill a bunch of kids is not. And then let some kids go, too, because that's what they said. The kids are like, yeah, they, yeah, these people told us to get out of here. So th- that really it's it's very confusing. Yeah. The whole story, the so. whole story. It is just an odd, ugly, nasty situation. And. I don't. Yeah, you look at this and you think to yourself, I I, I was thinking about this today. Like, who does that? Because she got out of the car. They could see that she was not 
she some was, sort of gang member. I presume she had her hands up yeah, to show no and, weapons. And they blasted her. And babies. Yeah. That's and then the burned thing. everything. Mm-hmm. How do you live with yourself? How far gone as a human being do you have to be? I, I, I wonder. I mean, I just, I don't. And and the different there's there's a difference between people who are mentally unstable, who've lost the plot, and those who are just mean. Yeah, those who are just yeah you you've lost any ounce of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I just don't even know. But I don't think they're alive. I just don't think. I mean, because you do not. You brought so much heat. You know, and they don't tolerate mistakes. Oh yeah, that's that's the absolute truth. And and, and, and I was trying to explain today, Pablo Escobar. For those of you guys who have no idea who Pablo Escobar, and we'll get a little bit deeper, but at one time, as an individual, he was the most dangerous human being on earth, far more dangerous than than Osama bin Laden could ever hope to be, or 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 any of these other. He was that bad. And at one time, I believe when they were when the presidential election was going on, I don't know how many exactly it was. But the presidential election was going on in Colombia, and there was like 12 candidates, and he assassinated like over half of them, the ones who said he would be extradited to, to America. He just killed them. How do you, 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 you can't. Uh, you know. But he did. Yeah. But, and the only way he got caught, the only way he truly went down is he crossed the line, but it wasn't until the people themselves rose up. And the police and they started fighting fire with fire and just said, you know what? We don't need badges and we don't need laws. We're going to take it back at you. And then it went to hell for him. And maybe that's what it needs. It needs to be a revolt and a revolution over there. Well, today, you know, they had the funerals and they said the Mexican military was protecting the families. And I thought, really? Well, (laughs) if they were to come firing up again, I don't know who would win. Yeah. You got no chance. You have no chance. You guys have. You've already shown that in Cuyacan. You had no chance. It's ugly. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. So much stuff to get tonight. Tons of it, including, we're going to sit down, half an hour, with a comic who's funny, who works with Colbert. We're going to talk about politics, pop culture, comedy, everything, including how he started. Wait till you hear how much money he made in his last year of his former job to saying, hey, I got a great idea, honey. I'm going to quit this job, and we're going to have fun. Oh, yeah. It's the Chad Benson Show. It's Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Chad Benson loves lemonade. No wonder his show is two parts tart to one part sweet. Time for a refill. Cheers. Politics, pop culture. It merges all the time. Joining us now is a guy who is, well... He's funny. Yeah, funny. I know. It's not just our show, right? Like, we're funny, too, but this guy's actually really funny for a living. He's a comic. You're an Emmy Award winner. You're a writer for Stephen Colbert, The Late Show. Well, I do I do the audience warm-up on The Colbert. You, yeah. you do everything do for every- all intents and purposes. I wrote on The Daily Show for a long time. Oh, that's awesome. Paul Mercurio joins us. He's going to be at the House of Comedy tonight, and then two tomorrow. shows tomorrow, two shows so, Saturday. Yeah. Five shows, going? baby. Five shows, I'm baby. bringing it. You're, you're getting your money's worth. You guys are getting your money's worth. I'll tell you that right now. So interesting story, uh, yeah. and I've seen you on more. You you got specials. I've seen you on a lot of stuff, and uh, it is. Uh, and you look, by the way, totally different uh, when you're not in a suit. 
Uh, I'm shorter. Yeah, and bigger, there you go. Like and, it's Hollywood, right? And, and, like, and bigger lips. So you're you're here. You're doing this, but this wasn't your first gig, man. Yeah. You you had another gig. I was a broker for a long time. Oh, you were. I was a broker for a long time before I said, you know, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, I've had a very bizarre career. I did comedy for a while. Wow, uh, you that's know, amazing. you know. But I said, hey, I want something where I can wear shorts and a t-shirt to work. And yeah, that's, exactly. You know, something. You're like me, but with a way better beard and head of hair. So my head of hair. Well, it's I have like a friar tuck look right no, now. No, it's good, man. So, I want to rub my fingers through your hair. Go I know for it, dude. I know I'm this good. got weird fast, but you know, that's how... that's this what's all about. Alonzo's got great hair, too. In Alonzo, it's great. He, you... A week ago, his hair was a mess. We call him the Cran because he's the world's worst dresser. <laughs> he looks pretty good today. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. a good looking cat. He's a good looking cat. The... So, yeah, I did. I did. I was on Wall Street and I was doing, I was a lawyer. In a bank, I was doing uh, merger and acquisition deals and like working for a big firm. And then I started writing jokes as a hobby. I don't know why. I was making short films, too, and one of them got into a big festival. And I always loved stand-up, watching it as I was a kid. Like, I would always beg my parents to stay up late if there was a comic on. And then one thing leads to another. I'm writing these jokes, and I get invited to a private function, and Jay Leno was the private entertainment. So I went up to him, and I had like 10 pages of jokes that I would keep in a secret password file at work. And I went up to him. I go, look, I don't know if you need jokes, but I got jokes. He's like, okay. He really does talk like the yeah, helium does. out of a balloon very slowly. And his head bobs back and forth like a like a, something you get at I've a I've seen him game. at the, uh, was it in Manhattan Beach or whatever? You know, the, ma- the, the, the Hermosa. Yeah, the Hermosa Beach, it. the magic. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he does talk like yeah, that. That's hilarious. And so he takes them. And then a couple of days later... My phone rings, and this is on the other end. Ah, oh, it's Jay Leno. It's Paul there. Now, I thought it was my friend David who does pranks, and he was just, you know, pulling a prank because he does impressions. Not for a living, but just does pretty good impressions. And I thought he was pretending to be Jay. I go, yeah, really funny, David. He goes, not really. It's Jay Leno. I go, yeah, right. He goes, no, it is. I go, and I actually said to Jay Leno, you do a lousy Jay Leno. <laughs> and he was like, I think I do a pretty good me. And then it turned out to be Jay Leno, and he said, I'm going to do your joke on The Tonight Show tonight. And he did my joke, paid me $50. It was, the deal was whatever he used, he would pay me for. And I got to tell you, Chad, it just blew my head off my shoulders. Like, here I'm like a middle-class Italian kid from Rhode Island, not much money, whatever, growing up. I'm doing these huge merger deals, and I get a little $50 joke on TV. and It's, it's the just, greatest thing ever, right? It was insane. And it's funny because people always ask me, like, did you know you were going to be a comedian? And I'm like, no. And they're like, were you funny? And I'm like... Well, it's relative. I was always the funniest lawyer in my law firm, which isn't saying much. It's like saying you're the sexiest IT guy, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 then one guy, he, one guy really like attacked me. He was like, "Oh, you had corporate lawyers. You you put companies out of business. You put people out of jobs." He goes to me, "You're evil. You kill kittens." And I'm like, "Well, we would outsource that." <laughs> and uh, and uh, and so that's kind of how it started. And then I started to live. Then Jay said, "Go send Joe. Go try the jokes out before you send them to me." And I said, how do you do that? He goes, you go to open mic nights at these bars, and you can work out the material. So then I started to live a secret double life, where I was a lawyer, Wall Street guy by day, and a comic at night. And every, all the other associates would go to dinner at 6, 7 o'clock. I would get in a car, a cab, and I'd go to dive bars, like in the lower part of Manhattan, like really bad bars, to do open mic nights in my like little Brooks Brothers suit. And one of the places I worked was called uh, Downtown Beirut 2. Two. I, I, yeah, like, the first one's gone. Yeah, exactly. Or they're, or they're franchising them like sub, subways. <laughs> and it was a dive. They dealt drugs out of there. There was a, a hooker worked out of there. There was actually a sign on the men's room door that said the toilet seats only to be used to go to the bathroom, not to cut Coke. Thank you, the management. And it said, thank you, the management. So one night I'm waiting to go on stage. 
And it was poets, folk singers, comics. And there's this folk singer playing Blown in the Wind, like badly, like yeah, bad. Um, all of a sudden, there's a scuffle at the pool table. One guy runs out of the bar. The other guy gra- grabs the side of his neck. He's drunk. And he goes, he cut me. He cut me. They got in a fight. And the guy cut him like on the side of the neck. Not the juggler, but he was bleeding. And he was really drunk. So he was able to like deal. He's like, hey, I'm no, I know where he lives. He cut me. And his girlfriend starts crying like, oh, my God. Look at my boyfriend. He cut me, man. Oh, my God. The answer, my friend. The guy just keeps playing. That's like, awesome. He's not and you're up. like, this is show business right, right here. I'm never leaving this. Exactly. I don't need mergers and acquisitions. Need, um, I made it. And so then at the end of that is I get, I, I'm, I get up to to leave and I turn my back to the room and I all of a sudden I hear the MC go, all right, you guys ready for some comedy? <laughs> that is awesome. And I go on stage and then uh, and I said, nice to be here. I always wanted to follow a slashing. Yeah. And the guy who got cut didn't think it was very funny and he took all these bloody napkins and he threw them at me. Oh, and good stuck times. to my shirt. Uh, now, now you're living the dream. Exactly. Oh. Comedian, Emmy Award winning uh, Paul Mercurio is with us. He's going to be at the House of Comedy tonight, Friday and Saturday. One show tonight, two shows, Friday, Saturday. So five shows total because yeah. I'm good at math. Speaking <laughs> of math, mergers and acquisitions, let's be real. When did you say, all right, I'm going to do this? Because I'm sure the money was a little bit better doing mergers and acquisitions. Oh, it was. I mean, it was so good that I, when I finally left, the year after I left to do this full time, I got audited by the IRS because I had all this income. And then that first year you're doing comedy, like you, nobody's paying you anything. You don't, you're not yeah. good. You're, and so they can go through five years of your returns. And so, and I had my doubts once even I left, like, Oh, my God. I panicked. I went back to Wall Street at one point because I was like, I, I gave up all this money. All my friends are buying bigger and bigger houses. What was the best year on Wall Street for you? Best year? Numbers-wise? Yeah. $88 million. No. Um, I was just under a million, like pretty, you know, and still pretty young, you know, with bonus. It's, it's all about the bonuses. All about the bonuses. Where you remember, right? You got to love that, man. It's you like, got to love. It's, you got, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. But when did you say, man, I'm doing this? Um, I... I started to have moments like I just described where my worlds were colliding. Like that night with the blood stain, I had to go back to work and I tried to hide the blood stain because the deal wasn't done. And I walked in the room and this senior partner starts screaming at me like, why do you have a blood stain on your shirt? And I didn't have any answer. And then the, 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 one of the lawyers goes, what kind of shirt is that? I go, it's a Brooks Brothers shirt. He goes, I know how to get blood out of a Brooks Brothers shirt. He goes, club soda and lemon juice. And another lawyer's like, no, Armani, that's the shirt you want. I'm like, are you guys remaking American Psycho in your spare time? Like, what are you doing? And so these moments were happening more and more. And the firm would not have let me stay if they knew that I was yeah, doing You couldn't that. dance in both worlds. No. So no. I basically, I'm doing this for about two years in, like, straddling these two worlds and i'm like i gotta do this or i'm gonna look back and say i regret it and so i decided to make the leap and then i went to tell my girlfriend now my wife and i said i think i want to leave wall street to be a comedian and she looked at me and she goes that better be your first joke yeah (laughs) and And she says i think i'm gonna leave you for somebody at your firm exactly and by the way she thought i was cheating on her oh i finally told her because i was coming home reeking a beer and cigarette smoke and had blood stains on my shirt when i was supposed to be doing Law deals, and she couldn't figure out she's why. She's in Fight Club. Yeah, exactly. And then I told her, she's like, oh, well, I'm relieved. And so we sold our apartment. We had a nice apartment in Manhattan. And I moved to a rooming house with like a little one bed, single bed, and a little room. And we shared, I shared a kitchen and a bathroom with other people and a hot pot on the floor, living like a student again, $327 a month. And I went, and then I started going for it. And then I got audited. And when I went, got audited, the guy goes, what happened to all this income? I go, well, I was a lawyer investment banker and i quit to be a comedian and he looks at me and he goes 
Yeah, right. Would you do with the money? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm serious. He goes, nobody in their right mind would do that. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. yeah. Paul yeah. McCurio is with us. House of Comedy tonight. Two shows tomorrow night, two shows on Saturday. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the, the world that we live in, and especially today with comedy and the craziness and the lunacy. Uh, so don't go anywhere. It is the Chad Benson Show. It's Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Got that sniffling, sneezing, stuffy head thing going on? Time for your daily dose of vitamin chat. Paul Mercurio's with us. It is the Chad Benson Show. We're talking comedy and fun. Three nights tonight, two shows tomorrow night, two shows Saturday, House of Comedy. So we live in a day and age of wackiness. Yeah. Comedy, you've got the, you know, you do have the snowflakes and everybody's offended about everybody and it's just, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Because it's not even just the fact that, you know, what scares me more is people can't take a joke. Yeah, that is a big problem and it's not even just on the stage anymore, it's in life. Yeah. We're living in silos. You know, I, I... I go on the cable news shows as a commentator satirist because that's what I've been doing, you know, in my career. I did a lot of it at the Daily Show and whatever. And there used to be that you had a sense of humor about your side yeah. and you don't anymore. No. And and both sides. And it's bad and we need to get back to the middle because life lives in the gray area. There's no nuance. We're either completely indifferent to each other or we're way into each other's stuff, okay? Like the, – and people want to try to catch you. Especially if you're a white guy right now, they want to catch you. Yeah. I was in the a park. A white banker guy. Yeah, that's exactly. Anybody ever sees who, you as. Who made an idiot decision and walked away, but I got to hang with you, which is cool. It's a party. And, <laughs> and so I'm in Central Park with my wife. We're walking our dog. It's a law. You're supposed to have your dog on a leash after 9 a.m. in the park. We did. There was a guy whose dog wasn't on the leash. The dog looked really aggressive. And I said to the guy, it was nice. I said, your dog's scaring people. It really should be on a leash. And he goes like this to me. He goes, why? Because it's a pit bull? Like, trying to imply that I was, like, racist toward pit bulls. I'm like, no, because it's got a baby in its mouth. That's why. (laughs) It's nuts. Because it has tattoos and it's smoking camel filter. Like, look, it was just Halloween, right? Yeah. Every Halloween, my parents would dress me as a hobo. And anybody out there listening... Probably the same thing ah, we did, yeah. right? Okay, so daddy's old clothes. Oh, my God, it's Halloween. We forgot here. Take daddy's old clothes. Go out. You couldn't do that today because no. it would offend somebody. Why? Because if you think about it, a hobo's a homeless person. Yeah. My parents dressed me as a homeless person and sent me out onto the streets at night to collect free food in front of real homeless people. And it sucked. I never got candy. Every house, baked beans and a harmonica. That's that was okay. It. You're okay you with know? that. Well, you're okay. And then I had a woman come up to me. Talking about people on the lookout, I like to talk to the audience. In fact, I was doing a one-man show, which I'm going to bring back, where I bring audience members on stage, and they tell stories from their lives because people have incredible stories. So I just randomly talk to people. Randomly. It's important. People remember that randomly. I do this show. A woman comes up to me after the show. She goes, you know, I noticed you talked. The show was really fun. And you talk to the men, you talk to the women, but it, you seem to talk to the men longer than you talk to the women, and it would be nice if you talked to them an equal amount of time. Uh, she's always a victim. Right, yeah. You're always and, a victim. And I said to her, this is why I talk to men more than I talk to women, right? Why, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, so, and so... It's easier. Yeah, it's just... Because like, the men don't talk back. No. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so it's... I think comedy, I think people in your position need to push back on yeah. it. I don't think there should be, like, people should be rude and insulting. No. I think there should be political correctness. It's just gotten to the it's point. It's just common sense. That ain't political correctness. Well, they want common sense. They want, they want to have safe spaces in college where yeah. people can only hear... Uh, no, you got to hear stuff that's rough because you got to get ready for the real world. I think there should be courses, like, to get ready for the real world, like like Core 101 courses, like arguing with customer service. That yeah. should be a course. That should be Just course. to get through your life, you know what I mean? 
So, uh, talking to Paul Mercurio, who's going to be at the House of Comedy uh, three nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You work with Colbert, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen you a couple times there. He talks about what a friend uh, you are. It's basically, I always joke, you know what, uh, I look at Colbert and I say to myself, it's it's like a talk show now for, for, for Democrats. That's kind of what it is. Like, tonight we have Nancy Pelosi, tomorrow night Adam Schiff, and then maybe at the end it's like, oh yeah, Joaquin Phoenix here to talk about the Joker. But he's going to get 30 <laughs> seconds. What happens when Trump goes away? Because Trump is a godsend, because he was struggling a little bit before Trump came. Listen, and I, Trump is a godsend. What happens, not only to him, but to the media that lives off Trump? I, you know what? I think that, look, that's a great question. When we were at the Daily Show, it was all about Clinton all the time. Yeah. And then there was controversy and this and that. And it's the same thing now. And Epstein I didn't kill himself. You know, exactly. It's like the, the, the red meat of comedy falling from the sky every day with Trump. Um, I think it'll be harder if a liberal's in the office, you know, because we're a left leaning show to, you know, concentrate so much. But I think it's always going to be there because there's always. There's always this friction now between yeah. the left and the right, and it's so extreme that the right's not – if he doesn't get elected, they're not just going to crawl under a rock for four years. They're just going to be loud and, you know, McConnell and whatever. Well, it's and, going to be the same thing you see on the left right now. It's like they're all up butthurt and terror. You know, it's yeah. like that's what happens. It's always easier to be on the, the defense than it is on offense, that kind of situation when you're, you know, in a situation where you're a comic because you can go out and attack everybody yeah. and have fun with it. But I, I do wonder because I look at him and I say sometimes I feel like – He's talking to San Francisco, Chicago, Seattle, and and over the rest of America. Does he feel like that sometimes? No, I think he feels um, like we felt on The Daily Show, almost an obligation to call it honest, right? Yeah. In other words, like CNN and MSNBC, they lean left, so they're going to skew their coverage. Fox News, way right, skews their coverage. And what we did at The Daily Show is, and still these shows do, is... They take the same story premise, but they don't. We don't spin it other than to just say this is strange and use comedy to yeah. make a comment about it. Okay, I mean, you look at Trump, and you say what you want about him. He's got a lot of guts. Like here's a guy on a phone call with people on the call, and he's trying to do a quid pro quo. He's like, he's like a bad mafia guy. Like yes. it'd be like a mafia guy in the social club knowing that there's like a microphone in the teapot, and he instead of going shh, don't talk about it, he goes over and he goes. Is this on? Is this on? That's and then starts talking That's right it. into the teapot for the FBI. Like, there's a he's turned the whole game upside down and doesn't seem to care. You know, like if he like at the beginning when he was running, people would ask him questions about his qualifications and he'd get mad. And it's like, yeah. well, you're interviewing for a job. Yeah. Like, you know, like like it's like a doctor and you're supposed to be a doctor and you go in and I cut you, you I'm bleeding and you you come into the room and you're like. Trump's a doctor. Goes, what's all that red stuff in the body? Yeah. Well, that's blood. Well, what does that do? Well, you're a doctor, don't you? Do- Why are you attacking me? Like, so there's those th- those moments that you can kind of really seize on that are honest. So I don't know that there's a conscious. First of all, I think when the show started, it wasn't a plan to do so much yeah. politics. But Trump was running. And that primary with the Republicans got so crazy. It was crazy. But it was awesome because it was crazy. It's like comedy malpractice if you don't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, look, the Democrats, they have their share of whatever and they get theirs. But definitely you're right. I mean, but we would have people come up to me, especially at The Daily Show, go, oh, I only get my news from The Daily Show because it's the only place I trust. I'm like, well, we're a bunch of idiots who are drunk half the time, so you should probably check out something else. But it's really become this like – I don't know. It's becoming us versus them world. And That's I think we gotta, it's, yeah, we got to get back to somewhere in the middle, you know? Absolutely. Paul McCurro, he is House Comedy tonight, one show, and then you got uh, four other shows, two Friday, two 
Saturday. People want to get tickets, they go to houseofcomedy.com or just show up and say, I want to see Paul. That's what you do. And you're on tour right now. And, of course, you're going to be back at the over at The Daily Show when Monday. You're I'm going to be back at The Late Show on Monday. Late, I fly back uh, Sunday. Show. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, look at you, man. you got to come come to New York. Come to a taping. I'm going to. I'm going to. Beautiful I'm gonna. theater. Ed Sullivan I'm, Theater. I'm going to hold you up to that. Absolutely. It is the Chad Benson Show. It's Arizona's News Station.